sitting back, relaxing, and talking sports with the guys. Hey, we're just men doing manly things. Light up a cigar and have a brew with the starting lineups Tyler Ivins and Eric Kane. For the next 60 minutes, it's the Gentleman's Hour podcast on The Sports Animal. A trivia question to start today's podcast. It's 91 degrees. There's not a cloud in the sky. The sun is shining here off Jackson Avenue in downtown Knoxville in the old city. What is today's date? Don't cheat. Don't look at the description. Don't look at where you just clicked, whether you're listening to us on iTunes, whether you're listening to us on Google Play, anywhere you get your podcast or streaming on Sports Radio WNML. Because I guarantee you, you did not say October 2nd. Gentlemen's Hour podcast, Barley's Tap Room and Pizzeria, Tyler Ivins, Eric Kane, John Stansel, the Gentleman's Hour podcast. As we continue on through a slow, rocky start on Rocky Top, pun intended, here to the 2019 football season. We have sat here many, many weeks wondering where the positives were for this Tennessee football team. And today, another negative, and today, just another distraction, another obstacle for this Tennessee football program. We'll get into that. Postseason baseball is here. The Atlanta Braves, as well as the rest of the senior circuit in the American League, preparing for their October push. A lot more of that and more as we get into another episode of the Gentleman's Hour podcast. All right, gentlemen, at Tyler Ivins, at underscore Kaner, at John underscore Stancil. Eric, good afternoon to you. You... The fact that you actually have time to come down to here and kick your feet up, grab a piece of pizza, and do the song and dance with John Stancil and I, can't say thank you enough. Gainer, how are you, man? I'm good. I, uh, I come here for John. It's our, it's our weekly meeting where we get to say hello and sip on some ice-cold water. And How are you doing, John? All is well. Thank you very much. But, no, I'm happy to be here. I enjoy doing this podcast. And, uh, yeah, busy time, football season. I'm going to get into a lot of nuts and bolts with this football team, uh, some disciplinary action off the field. Uh, but it's uh, football season's fun. It's a, I hear you say it's crazy season, and uh, it certainly is, but I wouldn't have it any other way. He said he's here for you, John. That's the only reason why he's here. He's here for you. It means a um, great deal. Role model. Role model. Um, you know, I'm going to let that comment pass. I'm going to act, <laughs> I'm going to act as if that wasn't mentioned. Yeah, even though real quick. I don't Let's do the editing, so I John, guess I have no choice. <laughs> yeah, you don't do the editing. John, I have a question for you. Greatest villain of all time. Well, I'm going to give you two choices, so the better villain here. Is it the Joker or is it Darth Vader? Hmm. It's a good one. See, I would have to go with Darth Vader. Smart man. That's why I like you. There is the planet thing, not the city thing. See? I listen. We saw that uh, a couple of times brought up on social media. I said, well, General Tarkin actually did that. No, I mean, Darth Vader was right there, too. It was, it was a, you know, a little joint effort. But Quick radio math. If I actually stopped what we were going to talk about to continue to discuss this topic, we would have to make this a two-parter. <laughs> so I will not get off the interstate hey. at Albuquerque <laughs> on the way to San Diego, what was and the- you will hold your urine until we get to the sunny city. What uh? What was the ending poll results? Did you check? This it's actually really close. Because the Joker was running away with it, surprisingly. And Darth Vader closed the gap. And I, if the voting was probably open another hour or two, yeah. they would have at least even Stevens it. Uh-huh. But it finished Joker fifty-two to forty-eight. Of all the polls, of all the silliness we do on our show, that might have been one of the best ones because we had comments all throughout the day on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, on our personal you know Snapchats and text messages. It was. 
It was right. We had a ton of votes, too. That was a really good poll. See, I would attribute that to current movie bias. That's what we're seeing. What have you done for me lately? I've been told on every social media account that I log in that the new Joker is going to be the film of the year. They have spent more advertising dollars on a film, probably more than Avatar or any of those outrageous movies that Branson made up for it at the box office. I don't know if this is going to do the same thing, but uh, apparently Joaquin Phoenix is playing a role that is to die for. So hmm. I don't know. I think that's going to be a wait till it comes out on the stream for me. And, I don't think I'm going to be Given the history, the we hope that's not literally true. Yeah, but. It's, uh, it's a very good point. It's a very good point. Uh, let's get started. Uh, Jeremy Banks. This is a situation that we've known about now for a couple of weeks. It kind of collided around the same time that Bryce Thompson was still going through his legal battles before his court date. It even came to a place where there was a fork in the road Florida week of whether or not both Banks and Thompson were going to travel with the team. Both did. Thompson played. Banks did not. Jeremy Banks was absent in the Florida game due to what Jeremy Pruitt called an ankle injury. There have been a lot of questions. I actually went back and took a look at the snap chart from the Florida game today in the office, and Banks did not appear in the Florida game despite making the trip to Gainesville. Questions to whether or not that was disciplinary from the incident that took place that we're going to talk about today, or if there was an ankle injury. I'll leave that to being Jeremy Pruitt telling the media the truth, and that's that. Um... But for those of you who do not know, there is the option for a lot of people to, I believe it's the Freedom of Information Act. I believe I'm saying it right, the acronym, the FOIA. Um, you can request those in the media. You know, that's part of the law these days. You can request a lot of things of what's happening publicly. Both the body cam and the dashboard cam from the UT police's cruiser and from the uniform he was wearing that night during the the booking of Jeremy Banks showed Banks with a bench warrant for not appearing for unpaid parking tickets and made an illegal U-turn, which led to the initial pullover later, the detainment and the arrest. There have been a lot of questions. There's been a lot of speculation. Some people not the happiest that Jeremy, that Jeremy Pruitt has not punished Banks more. Others not very happy that this continues to be an issue for Tennessee, that maybe this situation was dealt with and that the media shouldn't have dug it up in the first place, WBIR playing just small clippets and small sound bites of Banks talking to Pruitt on the cell phone, Pruitt talking with police, and Banks then becoming angry, using derogatory comments towards the officials of the UT Police Department. I think I've dressed it up as much as possible. If you're listening to this podcast and you're saying, what? This is news to me. I've never heard of this. You can hit the little pause button. You can search it. You'll find the video and then come back to us here wherever you find our podcast. First and foremost, Jeremy Banks. I love the crowd noise. Got a little bobcat going over here to our right. Hey, little, you, got, you, got, you got a shovel. You got, you got yourself a scooper. <laughs> Jeremy Banks, first and foremost, not a good look. This is Jeremy Banks who made comments that there are some you, you can only take it at face value. Others, very concerning. I know how I took the video. Not a good look for him. Tennessee has released a statement saying that they're going to deal with this internally. Perhaps maybe they have with the suspension for the Florida game, or maybe there's that still to come. No. Your initial reaction, I only watched the four to five-minute chopped-up video. Mm-hmm. 
the highlight. I hate to call it a highlight film of an arrestment, of arrest, but the lowlights. You watched the entire one-hour video that was released from the body cam and the dash. What are your thoughts on how Jeremy Banks, A, held himself, the response by Jeremy Pruitt being woken up at 4.30 in the morning Mm -hmm. because one of his players is being detained, and kind of how all this played out from the start to the finish of the camera in the video. Well, I'll start out by saying uh, I believe it was Miss Mosby that said it best. Nothing ever good happens after 2 a.m. Um, this happened between you know 4 and 6 a.m. It's very uh, true. You know, Jeremy Pruitt, you mentioned, like he was called. You hear him on the tape. The first two minutes of the conversation, he has no, he, he doesn't know what world he's in. I mean, he's literally woken up, and so you could tell. And I think the officer did a really nice job of you know allowing him to come to, come to, come to, and then you know the talk throughout the whole process um you, you know uh, to the people and we'll talk about this in a minute to the people that said well this is just a traffic incident this is just a traffic incident it's not a big deal well it's more than that now because you've seen what was on tape um i saw jeremy banks uh, a guy that uh made an illegal u-turn got pulled over it is what it is had a warrant out for his arrest they're going to take him in there and he's he, he's a little confused he doesn't understand why he didn't do anything wrong right there um as the night goes on, the video I watched was an hour long. You know, the the chest cam video was taken a little after four o'clock in the morning. The police car, the dashboard, the dashboard video. I mean, that wraps up at about six a.m. So this has been about a two-hour process, and for about an hour, and I want to say about forty-five minutes of that, Jeremy Banks has his his handcuffs behind his arm, behind his back, and so he's sitting in the back of a car, a cop car. His handcuffs, his hands are cuffed behind his back. Uh, he's hot. Uh, he's probably starting to get in a little bit of pain right there, and uh, he's getting a little frustrated. And I, and I can see that. I can see that. Um, but the th- things you said to the police officer, to the um, to, to both police officers, or to the intern that was with the police officer, uh, just inexcusable. You can never, ever, 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 ever say that. And he was a little hot and cold too. He would get mad. He would say stuff. Obviously, everyone knows that he said, you know, from where I'm from, you know, we shoot cops. I'm from Memphis. Um, then, you know, moments later, he said, you guys are the nicest cops I've ever seen. Like, it's, it's just a little confusing. Um, you just can't say that. You can't say that ever, ever. Um, he goes on and he ridicules the, the female uh, intern. And uh, then he goes on and said, it'd be a different story without that badge on. You guys couldn't catch me, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's just whole drawn out thing. I think the cops did a really nice job of handling that. Um, because, you, you you know, you might not know who Jeremy Banks is at first, but whenever Jeremy Pruitt's on the phone, you get a good idea. Okay, football player Jeremy Pruitt, you know, and, and so I, I think the police officers did a good job handling that. But um, it's a lot more than a traffic ticket. And I think even before this video came out, it was more than a traffic ticket simply because Jeremy Banks blew off a court date to begin with. And though that's not the end of the world, um, it, it's it's something you can't do ever. And so I thought some action needed to be taken then just, just to prove a point. And now this comes out. Um, maybe maybe, the, maybe disciplinary action's already been taken with the Florida game. I don't know, but this is not a good look at all. So this is this is the beauty of the podcast because we get sixty minutes to break this down. Let's pause for a second for a second, and let's say for the sake of the argument, Banks was told by Pruitt or somebody at the university that this was handled. What if Banks didn't know that there was a court date? Because based on my understanding, Jeremy Pruitt talking to the officer said, you know, hey, we had somebody take care of this. We had somebody walk Banks through this. Let's say for this discussion, devil's advocate here, Banks thought this was handled, and Banks didn't appear because he thought it was handled. I'll say that, but I I think Jeremy Pruitt 
wasn't aware that there were two tickets. Okay. Because so, if, you, if you're watching the video, he's saying, yeah, the ticket you got whenever your grand your granddad died, and I believe when his grandfather passed away, he went home or whatever, got a ticket then. And uh, Jeremy Banks said, no, coach, the other ticket, the other ticket. So t- from what I inferred, I believe there was two tickets. Okay. One so maybe Jer- Banks told maybe Banks didn't yeah. fill them in on the second ticket. I think one that Jeremy Pruitt knew about. And we'll get more uh, more on this later today when we meet with, with Coach Pruitt. But I think there's one that Pruitt knew about and one that he didn't. I think the one Pruitt knew about was taken care of because he kept on referencing, we sat with the state trooper, I thought we took care of this, I thought we took care of this. I think that one might have been taken care of. I think there was another one that Banks either forgot to pay, blew off, whatever. And I think that's the one that's in question here. Okay. And so that, that, that's from what I infer from watching the video and reading the articles and, and everything. Again, we'll, we'll get more clarity on that today. But – um, Will we, though? Probably not. Uh, we, we'll try. <laughs> but, but, Will we, though? But probably not. But to your point, say say uh, say they, they all parties thought it was taken care of. You st- I understand frustration. You still can't say that, you know? The issue is not served to the department or the coach, to the individual. So did he not know? That's this not is one possible. of those incidents where you have to adult up. Yeah. And, unfortunately, when you don't adult up, there are repercussions. And, unfortunately, for Jeremy Banks, it was finding himself himself in the back of a cruiser handcuffed. And will the narrative shift and when to now it's an ankle bracelet injury? Where are we going with this? It's funny. Jeremy Banks this year, primarily a linebacker. Not primarily. he, He was put at the linebacker position in fall camp. He stayed at that position. There have been questions to whether or not for running back depth during the Tim Jordan injury, whether or not there was a chance he would go back there. Tennessee, they've kept him at linebacker at a position that is already very, very, (laughs) very, very, very light in the inside linebacker position. You lose Ignat and Reed. Ignat to personal issues. Reed to the transfer portal. This was already a blank cupboard or a light cupboard at linebacker in that particular position. Now the recent events over the last two to three weeks, Jeremy Banks needs to be put on the fast track of learning that position as best as possible. But at the same time, now you're having to deal with another incident. It's another chapter to an incident that many thought was taken care of. And it just it just shows that right now things are just can't go right for this Tennessee football program after a one and three start, being embarrassed on the road to a rival in Florida. You get a week off to try to regroup and prepare for what is going to be, not arguably, will be your biggest test to date in Georgia. And it just, this goes without saying, this was an incident or this was footage, the next layer of the onion that really did not need to hit the public eye. This is an unfortunate incident for Tennessee, but really it's an unfortunate incident that could have been avoided had Jeremy Banks perhaps maybe been more mature or took over, kind of let the adult side take over. I think this whole thing, and I've been saying this, I said this even before the video came out and recently when we were discussing it, I think this whole thing is going to be a great learning experience for Jeremy Banks. I hope it is. Uh, yeah, you got to hope it is. Um, knowing that, number one, stop getting tickets. I mean, everyone gets tickets. It's part of life. But right. it sounds like he's gotten a couple you know, in, in a, a close proximity of time. Uh, number two, when you are paid a citation or something like that, you got to take care of it. Number three, you can never, ever, ever, no matter how minor it is, this being traffic, I mean, which is literally, I don't want to say it's nothing, but it's so minor, so minor, you can never blow off a court date ever. Um, and then number four, if, if something were to happen, you got you got to talk, you got to communicate with right now your spirit, Coach Pruitt, the Tennessee football staff, uh, your family, whatever it may be, you got to communicate saying, hey, I messed up, I blew this off, what, what do we do, what do we do? So you hope that's all learning experience 
you know, in itself. Um, and then now after seeing the video, just knowing that in a heathen moment, you get frustrated, you say things that you, you hope he didn't intend uh, to come across. Uh, I mean, he looked very, um, very vulgar. He looked very ugly. Um, it was not, it was, it was kind of hard to watch. It was not something you wanted to watch last night because. And he was in no way intoxicated. In no way was he inebriated. If he was, the buzz buzz had wore off by them. Again, this is at 4 or 5 in the morning now. Um, But, yeah, he did not look intoxicated. He was not uh, not resisting at all. He never threw a punch. He – nothing. I mean, he was was cooperating, but he would run run his mouth and say things that, oh, just just not good. And so, to that point, you just talk about how everybody gets parking tickets or everybody gets tickets, everybody hasn't had a court date, and there's still more future court dates to come. It's just the way it is. Eventually, the wheel lands on your space. We've all been frustrated. We've all been agitated, aggravated. God knows I've said things I didn't mean to say in the heat of the moment. Same, I'd same. like to assume you and John, I can't speak for John Stansel, but we've all said things, perhaps maybe no matter how minor or major they are, that you're just like, you know what? Had I had hindsight 2020 or a if do-over, I go back, I'd, do that I'd probably have said this in place of that. Jeremy Banks has to know. You represent the University of Tennessee, the football program, that this in one way, shape, or form is going to get back to your coach, no matter, again, minor or major it is. And he's got to know that everything that is happening there with that police officer is being recorded and videotaped. And perhaps maybe that doesn't come to mind because you're so frustrated because you know, hey, this is something I've been avoiding, and eventually one day it was going to come back to get me. Maybe he's not thinking that way, but you just got to be smarter. You just have to find a way to you do. get through that situation, how, no matter how tough it is. Yeah. Own up, and this goes back to the maturity aspect and the whole being an adult aspect. Now, anytime people look at Jeremy Banks at the University of Tennessee, it's going to be, oh, there's that Memphis guy over there, and last yeah. time he was around an authority figure. Which is funny, too, because when he was addressing Coach Pruitt on the phone, yes, sir, no, sir. And that's funny because I, think, he turns to the I think he's very – um, you know, I've been searching for the right word. I've been trying to think of it this morning. I think he's very, you know, when he has respect to someone, he's very into, he's very ready to go because he was being somewhat ugly to the police officers, but when he was talking to Coach Pruitt sure. on the phone, he was saying, yes, sir, uh-huh, yes, Coach Pruitt, da-da-da-da. And so, you know, Coach Pruitt said the other day, you know, he got into coaching because he wants to make an impact on young people's lives. He seems like a guy who respects authority exactly, figures. yeah. And he was trying to, that's why when you go back to the comments like, yeah, I wouldn't have become a cop. You ain't nothing with that badge on. He did not respect the people that were holding him accountable or taking him to his punishment. Yeah. And it just down down to get down to the courthouse to be, you know, essentially booked. He was going down to county and you could tell that was a guy who did not respect the intern and the officer. And going back to what your comment you just made ten minutes ago, good on them. The arresting officer, that could have been a whole lot uglier and egos could have taken over or power of a badge. And good on him for giving Pruitt time to kind of get to because he's got to understand the guy's probably asleep. And, um, you know, he, he was very patient. Kept expo- Pruitt kept asking questions and questions. He kept explaining, 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 and did, did a nice job in that. So, you know, my hat's off to the law enforcement in this situation. Just hope that Jeremy Banks learns from this. Now, you move away from that. Well, I, w- I want to say this, too. You know, a lot of people, again, if you're if today you're still saying it's just a traffic ticket, just it doesn't matter. It's it's so much so much more bigger than it's that. It's so now. much more than that. It has manifested into something a lot larger than a. And again, than a I just violation. I urge and I urge and I urge just take football out of the picture when this stuff happens. It's hard for with, some people. I know though. with the Bryce Thompson situation, who cares about football with with this and this is so minor. But now it's more. Um, 
just just for the for the player for the for the 19 year old kid both of those guys sophomores 19 20 years old just just for them moving forward because you don't want this to be a reoccurring thing when they're 40 when they're 60 you know whatever it may be and so um it's so much more than just a traffic ticket right now so much more so i just want to say that but moving on now what does jeremy pruitt do i made the comment this morning when we were talking off air did pruitt not know about this audio was last night the first time he saw it to your point Maybe there is a chance. Maybe. maybe he had never seen or heard the humor audio. me though. Say he didn't. What does he do now? Because you got to think he's got to do something, right? So when you ask that, I immediately look back at the past and seen what has been his mo in disciplining and handling situations that have become part of records that has been law breaking. Let's just look in that category. Forgive me if I'm forgetting something, which I don't believe I am since Pruitt took over December of 17. He had the Kenneth George situation on spring break of 2019. Kenneth George was suspended for spring practice. Kenneth George was reinstated for fall practice, did what he needed to do to get back in the good graces of his coach and coaching staff. Kenneth George, who has made a start this year, and I think he kind of falls in with the secondary of needs improvement Bryce Thompson you read the witness report which then brings up other situations while he was still a resident of the state of South Carolina this has been a kind of a, an incident a repeat offender in that category in some way shape or form Bryce Thompson was was away from the team he didn't practice they did what they needed to do for him to rehabilitate and get back into the good and graces again, we understand uh Jeremy Banks did not punch a cop, and he did not be accused of uh, damaging property and threatening in, to shoot up a school. So we, we understand that, but still, this is kind this, of track We're just looking so at track yeah. record of what he's done disciplinary-wise. Bryce Thompson was then allowed to play at Florida. He had the court hearing two days later on Monday, dismissed of all charges. People then came out, fan base did, puff out their chest. Shame on anybody who wronged Bryce Thompson. Shame on anybody who thought that Jeremy Pruitt didn't know what he was doing by playing him. And to that point, perhaps maybe Pruitt was told by somebody, or perhaps maybe they learned, hey, he's still going to go through the motions of a court hearing, but there's and nothing again, with here anything, that's going to be dismissed. With anything not condemning a 19-year-old right now, obviously the cases were dropped, everything came out, but just because couldn't prove anything or – the uh, the other party involved might, might have came out and just backtracked a little bit. Doesn't mean it didn't happen. It might not have happened. But sure. It doesn't always mean it didn't happen. Let's there are a lot of instances but right, but, in the world, not mm-hmm. specifying the severity of the case, where you have an idea of what happened, somebody doesn't cooperate, and this is yeah. the end result that goes down in ink on permanent mm-hmm. that says this is how it happened. But there's but always that question. Thompson's credit. Everything was dropped, and he's back with the football Okay, team. to that. Now you have this incident with Jeremy Banks. What was originally an unpaid parking ticket or a violation of the law in some way, shape, or form in the state of Tennessee, he then violates another law in the state of Tennessee, no matter how major or minor it is. Bench work was issued. He doesn't appear, doesn't appear at court. If there is a warrant, there is no, all right, we'll cut you a sl- I mean, there's just some things that you just can't get past. If there's a warrant for our arrest – it doesn't matter if you go down and turn yourself in to the courts or to the station or they have to find you and bring you in. Once that is issued, there is no, okay, he was such a nice guy, we'll retract it. You Once that's issued, there I is no I saw Ron Rice tweet earlier this morning. Someone asked, you know, why, if, if there is a warrant out for his arrest, 
I'm pretty sure the Knoxville PD know exactly where he's at every afternoon from 4 to 6. <laughs> so why not go over there and get him? And, and Brian said, well, most uh, most of the time for misdemeanors, uh, when there's a warrant after your arrest, they just wait for you to come to right. them. And, and so that's what was, yeah. Right. So either we find you by sheer coincidence or because you violate. Like on the strip at 4.15 in the morning. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, I need your ID. Need license, registration, proof of insurance. Swipe that ID. Punch it in on the computer on your cruiser. Jeremy Banks. Memphis, Tennessee, what's this big red bold, what's this on the bottom of your file? Oh, Mr. Banks, are you aware? And you know how the whole thing goes. Yeah. And then you've got to go via protocol. So to answer your question, how do things play out now? Perhaps maybe he's already been punished with the Florida game. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. Now, Jeremy Pruitt, perhaps you just go business as usual. Banks has been punished. Maybe he hocked up along because he ran so many sprints. Whatever it may be, I don't think there should be any more punishment i think it's been handled how it needs to be handled in my opinion banks should be allowed to play and participate but i don't think there are people out there who should just look at this as this is nothing this could be the start of something and maybe at one point in time you have to ask yourself all right do i need to start cracking the whip a little bit more because then people are going to start believing your performance on the field it has carried over because of the discipline that you're not having off the field and I think that's a fair point. For yeah. anybody out there who's below, this is incident, just because Tennessee's 1-3 and three doesn't mean they have a disciplinary problem and they're having issues off the field. Maybe, maybe not, but if you kind of look at how everything is, people who run a tight ship with their program off the field, very rarely do they not find success on the field. I believe that it, yeah. a lot of that is kind of goes hand-in-hand hand on how you carry yourself as a human being off the field. You know, Will made this point this morning, and I couldn't agree more with him. And, you know, let me start by saying this. Jeremy Pruitt owes us nothing. He doesn't have to come out and say anything. He, nope. doesn't, he doesn't have to tell the media, the fans, anything, nope. anybody, any of it. I think it would be very uh, smart on his part to come out and say, this is what happened, this is what we have done regarding it, or this is what we're going to do regarding it, and then we're going to move on. Because you look at the Bryce Thompson situation, you look at now the Jeremy Banks situation, and you know, I, I think you know just the video alone, I mean, Pruitt didn't look like a saint on that video either. And so I think just as, of all those incidences – Jeremy Pruitt should come out and say, we've already handled it internally. He missed the Florida game, or he said he had a turned ankle the other day, which would kind of be overlapping what he said. But anyway, um, this is what happened. We've already handled it. This is what Jeremy Banks did. He's a member of our football team. We're going to learn from this and move on. Or, you know, in light of what happened last night, Jeremy Banks is going to be suspended for the first two quarters of the Georgia game. He's a part of this football team. We love it. We love it. We're going to move on. We're going to grow. Um, I think that I would think be like, smart on his part. I think well, likely today you're going to get a – we've already issued a statement on that. Exactly. That, and that's all we're going to get. We kind of already know what the copy and paste but I, is. Be, but be, because Will said this morning, a lot of times when you see we're going to handle this internally, internally, nothing. And I, I couldn't agree more. It's like, okay, so what are you actually going to do, though? Sweep it under the rug? And, again, they, that football program doesn't owe anybody anything. It doesn't have to say anything, and that's fine. Um, but just from the outside looking in, it's saying, well, okay, you're going to handle it etern- internally? You're not going to really do anything. And I get that. So I just think it would be wise on his part to come out and say, this is what we're going to do, this is what we did, moving on. But to your point, I, I, don't, I don't expect that to be the case. I'm not, I'm not going to put this kid on blast. I'm not going to highlight it. I'm not going to put a spotlight on it. People make mistakes. Okay. Oh, yeah. I believe that we are entitled to a second, third, fourth chance to try to redo the wrongs. I agree. I like calling them keeping receipts. You have every opportunity to rehabilitate yourself. Mm-hmm. But guess what? Am I going to remember you did that? Absolutely. But everybody has room for improvement, and you can show me that yeah. the better you improve, the further back I file away what happened. And then it becomes a non-issue. 
You know what, Jeremy Bank, if Jeremy Banks keeps his nose clean and there's no further incidents, and Jeremy Banks stays on this football team for the remainder of his career and he has knockout games against Tennessee against opponents for Tennessee and becomes the stud that many people believe he can be because oh, yeah. the reason why you shift him from running back to linebacker is, look, perhaps maybe we have better talent at the running back position, but gosh, we can't keep Jeremy Banks off the field. Can't keep him off the field and he's he's enough of an athlete to where you can go and he's take a football him, player. he can take him out of his normal position. And put him somewhere else. He can adapt. He can learn. He can be good over there, too. He's a football player. Yeah. I remember when him and Jerome Carvin came in at the same time from Memphis. I thought, man, Tennessee's getting one hell of a one-two deal here. Not only did Tennessee need to improve on the offensive line, but then you have a talent like like Banks who could just crush anybody at the line of scrimmage as a ball since carrier. since then, uh, Jerome Carvin's made a couple starts. Yeah. Not this year, but he's made a couple starts in his career. And Jeremy Banks has played a lot of football. So that's been kind of a nice little one-two punch. Still a long way to go with those two, but... Uh, it has been a nice little one-two punch. And, you know, regardless of what happens, you know, before this whole thing happened, you brought it up a minute ago, Tennessee is so, so, so much in trouble, so thin. Uh, Tennessee is an injury or um, – uh, yeah, Tennessee's an injury away from being in a heap of trouble. They're an injury or suspension away from being yeah. in a heap of trouble. Just call it what it is, MIA. They are a player missing in action away from, oh, boy, speaking of red things, that depth chart, if there's a red spot that sticks out, it's definitely the linebacker, in particular the inside linebacker You position. have Daniel Batuli and Henry Tuotuo, a senior battling back from a knee injury and a true freshman uh, who are a nice little one-two punch, but those are your starting, starting two. You feel good about them. Um, your number three option now is Jeremy Banks, a converted running back that spent time at linebacker for about the last five and a half weeks, um, six weeks. He's still learning how to play the position. I think he'll get there eventually, but right now he still doesn't really have a clue what is going on. But he's athletic. I think the I think he's got a very high upside of that position. But right now he's still learning. Uh, your fourth option is J.J. Peterson, who has never really progressed the way that a lot of fans and We've a lot of coaches. We've talked about Peterson on this podcast yeah. before, about work ethic and mm-hmm. what you see from him in practice. And you know what? Just call it what it is. He right now has not lived up to the high school hype that a lot of people thought he was going to bring to Knoxville. Absolutely not. But he's your fourth option. He's cracked the two deep. Now, is it a chance for him to take advantage of it? You hope so. He has cracked the two deep. He is your fourth option now. Your fifth option is probably Solon Page, who has not appeared in a game at linebacker. And your sixth option now, your third string, your last man uh, standing, if you will, for right now, because I think he's got a lot of high upside too, is Aaron Beasley, who's played safety, linebacker, safety, linebacker, safety, running back, safety, linebacker. I mean, it's incredible. Find a spot for him on the team. Yeah. I mean, credit to him. He's an athlete. But, uh, my goodness, you went from being in good shape to where you had a Will League not to start two games that you could depend on. Shannon Reed was leading the team, was up there in tackles at about 17 and three games played, four games played. Um, you liked what you had there in Ignat and Shannon Reed, both of which had a very nice spring. And now they're gone. I mean, yeah. Tennessee is thin and, again, a suspension or an injury away from being in so much trouble at inside linebacker. I, I'm curious, like if something you know, if something were to happen to Tuotuo or Batuli, I mean, what do they we're, do? We're already starting to see kind of the effects of how thin they are. Because when you go back and you watch that BYU game and you watch Henry Tuotuo, because remember, who didn't appear in that game or was limited in that game? Correct me if I'm wrong, but Batuli didn't make his appearance until Chattanooga, correct? Correct. Look how gassed those linebackers looked in the second overtime, in the first overtime. I mean, BYU, you knew they weren't going to try to go outside the tackle. They knew they were going to just be able to run it right up the gut, inexperienced, yep. and there were tired linebackers who, if they met them at the line of scrimmage, fresh fresh legs, fresh backs, 
And there was a play late in the fourth quarter where Will Ignat and Henry Tuotua had the running back in the backfield together. He slipped back. free. Yeah, slipped free, and uh, I think it was a touchdown. Yeah, I think it was a touchdown, actually. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you saw the uh, conditioning and the uh, – they were getting tired You could then. only ask those guys to do so much. So you're already starting to see what happens if another one of those hard-hitting – hot games in the SEC come back yeah. to get Tennessee. I got news for you. It is 90 degrees, and it's October 2nd. It's not getting any cooler. <laughs> Dude, you're not kidding. Last night I was Jeez. on the porch having a cigar, and I turned, and I'm not going to say her name just in case you're listening on that device, but it's an A word. I said, hey, it's a female name. It rhymes with Kalexa. Might have just messed it up there, too. Yeah, you did. Hey, uh, and I asked her the temperature outside. It is 84 degrees. And I had to ask her again. I was like, well, what's the temperature going to be at 930 an hour from now? 79 degrees. And I'm like, what? We're not in Arizona. <laughs> this is it. I'm not going to get a cactus to hang ornaments on in two months. Listen, like, this is ridiculous. Know, girls can be basic with their pumpkin spices, their Uggs, their leggings and sweatshirts. I want to wear some jeans and boots and a little flannel every now and then, all right? But I ain't about to approach that type of fashion in this. I'm about to say something that's going to really relate to the Eric Kane nerd in him. I call that season the boots, the Uggs, the jeans, sweaters, vests. I call that Han Solo season. Yeah. So when the ladies start walking around yeah. dressed like Han Solo, you know Fall's here. Nice. You like that? I See like what that. I did there? I, I like that a lot. There. Yeah. So Thank when you. Han Solo season's here, I'm about to make an inappropriate comment, but then all the boys and their lightsabers are like, it's Han Solo season. <laughs> See, look, I was those little Star Wars, even though he hadn't seen any of them from start to finish. I was was getting so worked up, too, yesterday. I was like, you need to watch the movies. I've probably seen the movies. I probably have seen all the Star Wars, but I have watched them 96 times, and never once have I watched it start to finish. But I think I can piece together the flip book. It's TNT, bro, but it has those marathons all the time, right? I can't do it, man. I can't do it. I've only been asked to leave a movie theater one time (laughs) in my 33-year life. I had my, for my buddy's birthday, I had access to pre-screening tickets to the Phantom Menace. Oh. And people were waiting Truly in the black guy in the Star all Wars series. day to get in. They had their tickets. They were guaranteed a seat, but they wanted prime seating. 45 minutes into the film, I started snoring. And the Star Wars fanatics were like, you've got to keep this guy from snoring. And the next thing I remember, I thought it was a lightsaber coming after me. No, it was just one of those airport glow sticks. The <laughs> usher was like, sir, if you're going to fall asleep, you have to leave the theater. My ass went outside the parking lot and slept in my car, waiting for my side buddy bar, to finish. Sidebar, sidebar. Were you driving then? That was an 01. Were you driving? So what was the movie after Phantom Menace? Uh, uh, it was uh, the uh, episode two, uh, Clone Wars. Clone Wars. That was the one we were in. I missed it. Oh, Clone Wars is the one that I, that's when I really started to like Star Wars because I had all the fighting in it. Okay. Hey, sidebar, not to make this a Star Wars podcast, Phantom Menace, I, I agree. It's the worst one of the series. People hate on it just a little too much, right? The pod racing scene was fun. Which uh, one is Darth the one with, with the oh, – is he the guy with the red and the Phantom, black? Phantom Menace, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the one. He get, gets chopped in half. Sail everything half off, everything Darth Maul. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Oh, sorry, the movie's just 19 years old. What if I wanted to watch it? I know <laughs> he's going to die now. I just The only reason why I knew it was Darth Maul was because when that movie came out, a lot of fans in the fan section of high school and college started painting their face mm-hmm. like Darth Maul, but to their school colors. Yeah. I guess saw a lot of Tennessee fans wearing orange uh, and white Darth Maul face paint. You had Darth Vader, which is the greatest villain of all time. Obviously, we've already mm-hmm. talked about it. Okay. And then Debatable. whenever you're trying to do the prequels for that, you had to combat it somehow. So they came up with this awesome, badass Darth Maul, one lightsaber, dual sides, you know, with the horns and the red. 
And then again, spoilers, they kill him off, which makes no sense. And they bring in Count Dooku in the second one. That was lame as crap. I know, and then dude, Ant- seriously. I know, Count right? Dooku, Dupay, right, Count Dooku, what When he uh, debuted, I was like, dude, how crazy is George <laughs> Lucas for doing this? And then Anakin, when he turns into Darth Vader in Episode Three, you seriously see why right, he is dude. so evil and better than the Joker. Yeah, I, I threw my popcorn at the screen. I said, I can't take much more of this writing. Uh, uh, your sarcasm. If uh, only my oldest son were here, he could teach this class. He's that uh, guy. There you go. I like him. Uh, but, welcome, uh, welcome to Star Wars 101. <laughs> I'm Professor Stancil. I'm going to need you to silence your phones. How do we get off on this? We're talking movies. You fell asleep in a movie theater. I don't know. I did. No, but the point was, it's just... Yeah, Jeremy Banks, uh-huh. <laughs> Full circle, Ivan. It was... It's just one of those things now where you have to ask yourself, as a Tennessee fan, is this going to continue where this program... Because here's, here's, the, here's the biggest fear, and I think I speak for a lot of Tennessee fans, and if I haven't, then maybe they should consider this. What happens if these Tennessee football players continue to lose and the frustration starts oozing out of the facility and when they're on their downtime... On the streets, all of a sudden, they're frustrated. All of a sudden, they're walking down the strip. I mean, these are all hypotheticals, but then somebody has too much to drink. Oh, one in six. You don't, you know, and then anything can happen. Boys will be boys. Yeah. When it happens at night, it happens at night. But then all of a sudden, the frustration pours out from the facilities into the streets, and then all of a sudden, it's the mentality <laughs> starts me. changing. Listen, I've been on a lot of Winning does teams. a lot for somebody, but no. losing can be a mental abuse Buster. 100%. I've been on a lot of football teams, never to the magnitude of an SEC football team in, in, here in Knoxville, Tennessee. I'll just put that out there. But, um, you know, Will makes the comments a lot. And, you know, he's been around through all these three coaching searches and uh, all the different head coaches. And you and I have been out of market. Well, you were here for the first one, but you and I have been out of market. And, um, you know, he's seen how certain coaches have uh, instilled a poor culture for their, for their program. And he's seen it a couple of times. And so, you know, he sits back. He said, I have nothing against Jeremy Pruitt. Um, I'm rooting for him and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, I've seen this three times already. I've seen this, you know, two or three times. And I, it's the same thing that's happening here. And so, um, you know, with the, with the how he handled the Bryce Thompson situation, um, you know, this is open-ended with Jeremy Banks right now. Um, you know, I can see that. I don't think he's handled the correct way so far. So you, you so hope. Can, can I ask you? Let me ask you this. Yeah, yeah. Pause right there. Go ahead. Is this another incident of we just need to get Pruitt's guys in here? Because remember, Banks and Carvin were part of technically his first recruiting class, but those guys were recruited with. Well, yeah. With Butch still in was Butch still here? You know, I don't know. I need to check on Shannon that. Shannon Reed. No, he was part of the. He was, no, no, I know he was a class of 2017, but I'm not, I don't know. Pruitt might have brought them in when he got here. I don't know if they, if they were a part of Butch Jones' staff. Do you think they Butch flipped class. whenever Pruitt got here? Well, yeah, I do. I mean, Pruitt got a couple guys to come over. Remember J.J. Peterson? Well, right, um, but, like, I'm almost certain Carvin was already committed when – He might have been. Carvin did, not, Carvin did not waver when Butch left. He kept okay. his commitment with Tennessee, and, Banks and that was being one less too. player that yeah. Pruitt had to persuade to stay. Yeah. You're right. Very well could be. And I'm be. almost certain that they nabbed Car- or Banks. Actually, now that I say it out loud, I think it was the other way around. I think Banks committed to Butch, and he didn't waver, kept his commitment to Tennessee. One less guy Pruitt had to persuade, and then when they continued to still recruit Banks despite his commitment, yeah. 
that's when they found Carvin, and they were like, hey, we need all the offensive line help we can get. Why don't you come follow your teammate and come to the University of Tennessee? I'm very young in my VolQuest tenure right now, so I'm not really sure. I want to, I'd be, no, I'd be willing to put money down that yeah. Banks was committed with Butch, didn't waver, saw that he had a teammate in Memphis, went out there and said, hey, how great would it be if you and your teammate no. from high school came to Tennessee? And then and then Carvin was like, okay, sure. But Maybe his that, options dried up and was yeah. like, I have an option to start at Tennessee. In saying that, Bryce Thompson is a Pruitt guy. Ignat and Shannon Reed were Butch guys. Um, so you're saying if it's more or less just getting his guys in there, yeah. When did so, – so Thompson committed late in the spring of 18. Mm-hmm. So he is a Pruitt guy. 100%. Because South Carolina right, – so, so that doesn't really apply South Carolina – for, for all intents and purposes, well, everybody South, thought it was strange. That yeah, he, South that, Carolina said, we can't take you. Right. Everybody so, knew there were yeah. – look, when somebody commits in April and May, maybe closer to June now that I think about it, there's a red flag there for one reason or another. Yeah. Right. So, um, I, I, you know, and even, even if that was the case, I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think these guys love Coach Pruitt. I think they love playing for him. I mean, I saw a tweet last night. It was said, the definition of a player's coach. Do you have your coach arguing with a cop on the side of a road at 4.30 in the morning about a player arrest? I mean, I think he is a player's coach. Uh, I think, as we saw in the video, Jeremy Banks respects Jeremy Pruitt. Respects what we've him. learned so far from the players who have been available to the media is that those guys love, love learning. Pruitt. Love I mean, learning look, from Pruitt. Look at, uh, look at uh, Quaveris. Look at, look at his jokes and oh, his yeah. impersonations. It seems like these guys hey, like Q. playing for Pruitt. Hey, Key. I mean, it sounds like these guys love Pruitt, and they want to go out there yeah. and win. Mm-hmm. They want to be taught by a guy who clearly is a football coach. He it is may- fundamentally a great football and coach. And maybe my comment a couple minutes ago is unfair. I mean, he, he's learning how to be a head football coach. He's learning how to instill a culture. Absolutely. I think he's making mistakes. And, you know, everyone and he's, he's every, going to. everyone makes mistakes. You just hope that, like Jeremy Banks, Jeremy Pruitt is also learning from how he's handling situation by situation by situation. Because if I'm another player on this team and I'm like, Man, he let he let Bryce Thompson come back before his court date. Shoot, man. Kind of kind of look you know? kind of look at the domino effect since he got here. Okay, they bring Tyson Hilton in, and essentially they told Tyson Hilton, "Here's the offense you're going to run." And Hilton's yeah. like, "You're going to pay me how much?" Okay, I'll run that offense. Yeah. And then he called the defense, and whether it was Philip Fulmer, whether it was from the advisement of somebody else, they came in and said, "All right, listen, Jeremy, we're going to have to change some things up, but there's going to be success here. So we're going to spend the money. We're going to bring Cheney home. All right." We're going to spend the money. We're going to go get Derek Ansley, one of the most respected, respected assistant coaches in the National Football League from the secondary of Oakland, but it's going to cost us, and there's going to have to be perhaps maybe some other requirements thrown in or other, other duties as assigned. Well, come to find out that duty that was assigned is he's the new defensive coordinator and gets a nice little payday to come to Knoxville, Tennessee. Dumb. Has the background in Alabama, has the SEC wherewithal, all that stuff. All right, So he's adjusting year in and year out. He said all the right things during the spring of, hey, listen, year one, we started from the bottom and we had to work our way up. Look, it was trying to fix everything, get the right equipment in here. I didn't build relationships. Guilty as charged. I worked on that this year. All right, so he said all the right things. We're seeing Pruitt improve. We're not seeing it wins and losses, and that's all that matters to some people. Yeah, have you also noticed last year, I don't want to say he was attacking his players because he wasn't, but he had no problem saying, essentially, we suck. You know, Good. You, you need know. to hold your people accountable. And I agree. And maybe I agree. Let them say, "Look at yourself in the mirror." This year, this year he has been, and you know, there's no right or wrong answer here. But this year, it's been completely different. He said, "You know, I think our offensive, you know, before the season even started, I think our offensive line gets a little too too much criticism." Come on. Do you think he would have made um, those comments at the spring game last year in year two? 
Do you think he's walking off the football field with his team down 35 to nothing to Alabama and Neyland no, Stadium? No, absolutely going, not. I'll come back out here and find 11 people want to play. There are just some things that are better. Sometimes the, 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 best, the best things are not said. Sometimes silent remaining silence the best is the best. I feel like he's flipped. He's you, flipped. You. Uh, he's flipped his mindset on a lot of things, which is fine. Uh, again, he's learning. He's figuring out how to be a head coach too. He and is. again, jury's still out. Uh, everyone clamoring, you know, clamoring for his his head for his, you know being the head coach here at Tennessee. I understand Georgia State inexcusable. BYU should have won that game. You losing to a backup quarterback, thirty four to three. I mean, it's not. You're not seeing the progression on the field yet. You have a quarterback that is playing like a freshman right now, um, and it's frustrating, and I understand all that. But, man, you really want to start this process over. And this is getting off on a side tangent here, but you really want to start that process over again, the whole process over again. You're seeing the dividends of this 2019 class right now. This is a damn good class. It is, and that's and that's kind of one of the things that I think Such a good class. Is that you yeah, love all these freshmen right now. one just, and three. Just wait. They're one and three. Yeah. The guys already in-house are getting better by getting reps on the field. And the recruiting class is not wavering at all. Mm-hmm. Harrison Bailey has stayed true to his commitment. And on top of trying to lead his high school team to a championship and just be a 17-year-old kid, yeah. he's also taking time out to also make sure that the recruits who have already given soft and hard commits without ink in the paper are staying tried and true to the path to Knoxville. Again, very early, another side, shameless plug into my Volco square. I about to say this, but just chill out. Not you. You know who I'm the yeah. masses. I've talked to, I think, six recruits in the last week, and I've asked every single one of them, Tennessee's off to a 1-3 start, lost to Georgia State. What do you feel about that? Does that make you waver on your commitment or your interest or whatever maybe with Tennessee? And almost every single one of them say, no, um, it takes time, and I want to be a part of the solution. That's so. That's the right answer. Yeah. So many of them would be like, I want to help turn things around. looking around. for those guys who yeah. are like, are you going to waver? Are you going to fold when things get tough? Or are you going to be one of those guys who can look at yourself in the mirror step inside of an auditorium or sit in a film session and go, damn, wrong first step. Damn, bad read on the play action. Damn, I should have been there a lot sooner. I made the first bad read. Guys who have no problem taking criticism. Henry Tuolto no on his bye week went back and watched every, pretty much every snap he's played so far this season said, I did that well, I did that wrong, I did that well, I did that wrong. How can I improve? He's 18 years old. He's such a stud, Those dude. are the type of people that you need for Jeremy Pruitt He's a good football to succeed. player. Yeah, I agree. All right, so you know, kind of wrapping things up. Jeremy Banks, you you don't you think this is all settled? You think it's? Uh, I don't. Th- I don't. We don't. We no. We, we don't. Based know. on what we know, yeah. it's settled. We don't know what he's doing after practice. Yeah. We don't know what he's having to do extracurricular to try to build from this. We don't know if the Florida game was his punishment. We and, and you know um, what? Maybe it's best that we don't know. But what we do know is that we'll keep this receipt, and if this continues to grow, meaning issues off the field. We just continue to file this away of, look at all these incidents. Yeah. Look how it didn't get better. Or you look at it and go, Pruitt's doing what's best for his student athlete. Yep. Here are the guys who couldn't cut it, who had to leave the program. Here are the guys who made mistakes, and it did not, ha- it did not manifest into worse situations. That's what it is. And I think that's the fair way to look at it. Anybody who doesn't look at it that way, everybody's clearly entitled to their opinion, but kind of look at it full circle. Don't just look at it through blinders. Don't kind of just look at it through tunnel vision of wins and losses. Tennessee's not in a position right now where they can just roll 11 bodies out there on both sides of the ball and go, go win the football game. Everybody, many times through the history of their program, have had to go through hiccups and resets. Unfortunately for Tennessee, their hiccup and reset didn't just happen in three years through one full recruiting class. It's been a decade of trying to find the right guy, 
It's been a decade of trying to find the right personnel, and it's been a decade of trying to find the right student athletes and making sure that you finish and play 60 minutes of football. I know it's the copy and paste stuff you probably listen to to many podcasts, every radio dial you flip to, whoever you're listening to. It's not fun being the butt of all the jokes, especially nationally with the growth of social media, where now every other 13 fan bases in the Southeastern Conference can poke fun of you as well, and national people can poke fun at you as well. You know what? Take a step back, and if this is still occurring in years three and four, and you're seeing how much Jeremy Pruitt's making, and you don't see growth, you don't see the progress report, and it's not heading in the right direction, then you, by all means, can kick and scream and say enough is enough. Alex Scarborough at ESPN just put out a uh, a story kind of taking the comments Coach Pruitt had today at the SEC. By the way, i got to get out of that habit. Yesterday in the press conference, I said Coach Pruitt. That's the football player in me, always saying coach, coach, coach. I'm part of the media now. i gotta, I got to act like it. That's so embarrassing. I said that, and I'm like, oh, I bet people are laughing at me right now. Uh, he took the uh, comments that Jerry Pruitt had. Exaggerated. Eye roll. Had today in the SEC teleconference and kind of put out uh, a story saying that Pruitt did not seek special treatment trying to get linebacker out of arrest. Uh, I'm going to read you some quotes real quick. Um, Pruitt said, no, absolutely not. There's no place I've ever coached where anybody was cut any type of break. The point was the warrant was issued and had been issued for five weeks or four weeks there, and I wasn't aware of it. And that's something that we have to do a better job to focus in on our players so you don't have a speeding ticket or anything like that to turn into this. So we do, we do need to do a better job as a staff to know what's going on with something, and we have to have a relationship That's the right answer. to figure it out. He also said, uh, Pruitt said he was woken up by the call at 3.30 in the morning, had no idea who he was speaking with for the first few minutes, which you could tell. I mean, dead asleep, I'd be the same way. Uh, quote Pruitt's, uh, and by the time I got it figured out, um, there was obviously some confusion because it was late, but I appreciate the officer taking time uh, with me and doing his job. That's the right answer. Yeah, I agree. There are some kids, unfortunately, that need a little bit more TLC. Mm-hmm. There are some kids out there, unfortunately, who need a little extra seasoning and have to be worked with a little bit more. Jeremy Banks, you know what? Help a football player, but off the field might be a little bit of a project. All right? Hey, not trying to compare what's happening with Banks and Pruitt in the football program right now, but guess what? We all have those friends who you've got to keep another eye on. There are the, you know how often I used to go out and my buddy was just like, we – Again, horrible comparison. I had a friend who has a little bit of an alcohol problem. But guess what? When he comes out with us, and we all know that we quietly between us, when he's out at the table, go, all right, who's going to go short tonight? And usually I'll raise my hand and go, this is wow, this is my one of two. We're going to be here for four or five hours. It's Monday Night Football. And guess what? He doesn't know it. He doesn't listen to this podcast. But anytime we go out with person X, if it's my turn, guess what? He's probably going to get housed and can't keep his head up, and it's my job to make sure he gets home. There might be somebody at the university with their job as of yesterday, as of a week ago, as of before Florida. Guess what? You and Jeremy Banks are about to get a little bit more closer than you were before this incident. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, So you just hope it's a learning experience. You hope you move on, and, uh, man, you just can't make those type of comments. I think Jeremy Banks knows that. And, again, hopefully it's a learning experience. It's cringeworthy, man. I watched the entire – Talk about not having a life. I, I try to separate. Um, I, I'm so involved with the football program and working so many hours. Like I try to go home or try to go do something at night and just. You need I, to. I leave my phone away. You need to. For a couple hours and I got back to my phone. And I saw Will's email. After seeing the Jeremy Banks video and I'm like, oh, crap, what happened? I went back and found it. I watched the whole thing. Um, 
but you just hope that this is a learning experience. He can he can move on and hopefully turn it into the player that Jeremy Pruitt believes he can be. So uh, we'll have to see. I hate that we use this podcast to talk strictly about Jeremy Banks and not even look ahead to Georgia. Georgia's really good. But I think sometimes we kind of already know the present we're about to unwrap when we shake it. Up close. You hope it's not 41 to nothing. You hope it's not 41 to nothing like in 2017. But um, good ball club coming here to Neyland. Third-ranked team in the country. Let me get through my things here. Talk about Cade Mays returning to Knoxville. We didn't get to that. DeAndre Swift, we didn't get to that. Kirby Smart's comments about the 100 times better from last year comment. Jeremy Pruitt saying he had a load of cabinet when he showed up at Georgia. Uh, crumbled this piece of paper up. We talked about Jeremy Banks. That's what needs to be talked about today. Yep. Gentlemen's Hour podcast. Barley's here in the old city. Hey, if you don't know this, you've probably heard a lot of the construction going on in the background. It's because improvements are being made here in the old city. Knoxvillians, people who are familiar with the landscape of Rocky Top. This city is growing. A lot more things to come, residents and entertainment purposes. John Stansel, as a guy who is very familiar with the old city, say what you will, but there's nothing wrong with the city growing and giving more opportunities to more oh, people. Oh, absolutely. Old city is growing up. That's that's what's happening. It Funny, this be, whole podcast has been about growing up a little bit today. It, and that's true. <laughs> Full circle, gentlemen. Full it's a circle. little maturing process going on. <laughs> Shared a couple laughs. We talked about a couple personal things. Then we slapped little Junior on the knee and go, good talk. <laughs> And this is where we step aside. Gentlemen's Hour podcast, we bring it to you weekly. I'm going to tell you right now, there are some dumb, sick rumors going around that somebody's going to throw me on a building because I put my foot in my mouth about Tennessee's football team. More on that say. to come. I'll just say that. All right? I don't think this team is as bad as people are leading on to believe. That's what we like to call a professional tease, everybody. A professional tease. Saying anything that has to do with me and professionalism. I didn't walk in my mind. John Stansel, at John underscore Stansel. We didn't even talk about MLB postseason. Two of the three people on this podcast, their teams are going to be represented beginning yes, sir. on Thursday and Friday of this week. John, before we say goodbye, next time we talk, your team's going to be at minimum that, uh, that three games into their series with the Minnesota Twins. Any issues with the team who hit over 300 homers this year in the Twin Cities? Oh, well, at this point, there are always uh, issues. At this point in the season, the postseason, everybody's a little more hungry, looking for that recognition, that bonus money, quite frankly, that comes with this this time of baseball season. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I have been a Yankee fan all my life. I think, as we spoke earlier, those weaknesses were – uh, exposed with Tampa Bay, and Tampa's playing great ball. I still think Houston is the team to beat throughout this whole thing. I think they will be the reigning champions this year. As I've mentioned before off this podcast, one of my closest friends is the first base coach of the Twins. Tommy Watkins enjoyed the taste of the bubbly after they won the AL Central, and he said, eh, it's just the Yankees. And I went, yeah, just the Yankees. <laughs> uh, Braves, they start things. They have the early game Thursday, SunTrust Park. They get the Redbirds. Thoughts on that? Dallas Keuchel, the veteran lefty, gets the start in game one. Dallas Keuchel has come in. He's been every penny worth his $9 million prorated deal that Atlanta signed up in June. He came in to pitch in the postseason. He's your number one guy. Going to be followed by Mike Foldenevich most likely. And then you're going to split with the road splits. Mike Soroka, game three. Um, really, when it comes down to it, I think the Cardinals are one of the hottest teams in baseball right now, along with the Nationals. But 
can the Atlanta Braves put out a healthy Freddie Freeman and a healthy Ronald Acuna Jr.? That will be the story of this uh, divisional round in the postseason. If uh, Acuna Jr. and Freddie Freeman are ready to go, Freeman does not hit a home run in a month. Um, that, that's, uh, that's a little alarming here in the juice ball era. Um, but if those guys can come in and play, I think that will be the difference, and I think Atlanta is the more talented team. But I'm going to be nervous, man. Atlanta has not won a postseason series since 2001. I've been sandbagging. I sandbagged last night on Tennessee Sports Night. Uh, I'm excited to get this thing here on uh, Thursday, tomorrow. So, uh, Freddie Freeman, power outage, not an issue if you can get much-needed rest. Yeah. I think he will trade personal stats for a World Series ring. Bone spurs in his right elbow. It's a little alarming. At underscore Kaner. Uh at Tyler Ivins, the Gentleman's Hour podcast, each and every week, you can find it. iTunes. You can find it. Apple with all iPhones. You can find it. Google Play, all Androids. And online, the numbers are high. We appreciate the downloads and the listen, and we appreciate the visit at sportsradiownml.com. It's October. The gauntlet begins for Tennessee this Saturday under the lights, 7 o'clock at Neyland Stadium. Georgia comes to town. This has been a presentation of Sports Radio WNML. Thank you so much for listening. Another Gentleman's Hour podcast is in the books with the starting lineups, Tyler Ivins and Eric Kane. Chat with the guys on Twitter, at Tyler Ivins and at underscore Kaner. It's the Gentleman's Hour podcast on the Sports Animal.